All right, all right. Hey, everybody feel good? Everybody doing good this morning? Doing good, man. It's good seeing everybody here today. Hey, if you're uh, new here, first time, the uh, preacher doesn't normally walk out with an egg trophy. Uh, so uh, don't think, wow, that's odd. It is odd, but uh, we're doing it for a uh, purpose. But hey, uh, really quick before I uh, talk about that, uh, man, it is awesome to see you guys here today. If you're new, just like Mark shared with you, if you're a first-time, second-time guest, we would love to put something really cool that we've put together especially for you if you're new today. And all you got to do is out there in the right in the lobby, uh, take your connection card, just check that box that says first, second-time guest. Man, we'd love to put something that we've put together especially for you in your hand before you head home uh, this afternoon. Hey, I'm going uh, to pray in just a moment. We're going to read John 15, 1 through 11. So if you've got a Bible on your phone, uh, you brought a copy of the Word of God with you, you can go ahead and open that up, turn it on to uh, John 15, 1 through 11. And, um, but uh, before we get there, I want to talk about a, a couple of things. This was a really, really, really big week for our church. I want to talk about some great things that God did. If you uh, follow us, if you are here last Sunday, we talked about it. If you follow us on social media, you've seen about it. Uh, but man, it was just a really cool uh, week that we had. This week, this past Tuesday, Second Chance Mission opened uh, here in town. Man, that's an awesome thing, man. That's awesome right there. There's a picture of Sarah. Uh, Sarah cutting the ribbon there. We had an opening uh, ceremony uh, this past Tuesday. That's an actual store. It's crazy that God just, man, God always has bigger plans than we do. Amen? I mean, God always does, you know? Uh, that was never, hey, and sometime our church will open a store. That was never part of the cards, all right? And so, but that's just what God did. And so God just gave Sarah that vision. God brought it about. And so this past week, uh, that store opened up where low-income families, families just need help. Anybody that just needs help, they can go in there and uh, on a voucher basis. They can go in there and get clothing, household items. Man, it's just a really cool thing. Uh, and, and they were open Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, uh, this week. And every day you had people come in, right? Every day you had people come in. And there were people that, uh, man, it's just an awesome opportunity to minister to people. Uh, and, and if you have donations, you can bring those donations to the store when it's open. They're tax deductible. And that was a big, big thing, man. You guys need to be praying for Second Chance Mission, pray. Uh, we're going to constantly be giving you updates about it. Like it on Facebook so you can know what's going on there. Man, that's just a really big deal uh, that God uh, would put this together, man. It's just an awesome thing. And then uh, Friday, I was going to say yesterday. Yesterday was when it was supposed to happen, but it happened on Friday because we thought it was going to rain and be crazy weather, but it just turned out to be nice and cold yesterday. Um, but Friday night, we had explosion. And uh, listen, so what we've done the past couple of weeks here, that is a picture of Friday night. Okay, so we had, I mean, somebody told me this morning, they thought we had well over between 1,000, 2,000, maybe more there. I don't know how many we had. We had a truckload of people at the Perry County Park for explosion. And so what we've done the past couple of weeks is we kind of had a contest to see which group, family, individual people, whatever, could bring in the most eggs, all right? And, and here's what we didn't anticipate. We did not anticipate that you guys would get fired up about that competition and just be like, whoa, a plastic egg spray painted on a trophy. Woo! Because um, it's not like a gold egg. Um, and so, uh, but, so we have a winner. And the winner of the Golden Egg Trophy for 2016 is our guest services group, right? Guest services, woo! So I think, who's coming to get this? Tony Brashear? Come up here, Tony. Somebody's coming to get it. Somebody's coming to get it. Tony Brashear. Tony Brashear, come up here. Come here, Dana. Get this trophy. Here, I got to preach a sermon. Somebody come grab his plastic egg. Take this trophy. There you go. There you go. 
It was just by 129 eggs that they won. And Gold Group was second place. But, but here's the great thing, and this is why this is so cool. This is why this is so cool. Normally, there they come, big smiles on their faces. Woo! Sean and Eddie. Sean and Eddie. Sean and Eddie. Y'all do like a chest bump or something. Do a chest bump that you want. Do a chest bump. Chest bump. Oh, come on. Goodness. They're, going, they're leaving. They're going to Applebee's to celebrate. Sean walking out right now with that trophy. Look at that. We'll never see that man again. My gosh. Um, here's what's cool, though. Uh, normally, we have like 8,000 eggs or something like that for that, uh, for that event. And you guys, collectively together, gave us over 20,000 eggs. Over 20,000. That is a lot of eggs. And, and man, that was, I mean, that Friday night from 6 to 8, we connected with tons of people, invited a lot of people to Easter. And it was just a really, really, it, that was, in my opinion, the best egg uh, Easter event we've ever had. And, man, you guys did that, man. You made that possible. So many of you guys came out and served. Uh, the cotton candy machine, popcorn machine did not work. And some of y'all had to get saved like 20 times just because of stuff you were saying when you was giving it out. And so, uh, man, thank you guys for just serving, for doing that. Uh, Ronnie Hall wore bunny costume all night long, sweated, lost like a thousand pounds because of all the sweat, his nasty bunny costume when we get back to him. Um, and uh, man, it's just awesome time, awesome time. And man, I just love you guys so much for making that happen. And uh, so yeah, so there we go. So hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, read John 15, 1 through 11, then we're going to jump in and... Uh, and wrap up our series rooted, man. I hate that we're, uh, this is kind of a sad day. We've been in this series for six weeks. We've been in these 11 verses for six weeks. And so today we're wrapping this up. And uh, man, I hope that God's used it uh, in your life. And so if you got a Bible, I would love for you to open it up, turn it on to John 15, 1 through 11. I want you to read this knowing this is Jesus talking to you. So just to kind of drive that home out of respect and reverence for God's word, let's stand as we read this, okay? Just kind of drive this home. Okay, when other people talk, you don't, oh, wait, 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 let me stand up. Uh, when God talks, we should, let's, this is a big deal. So I, wanted, I want us to do this today, all right? John 15, one through 11. Words on the screen there behind me. I, uh, yeah, there they are. This is Jesus, okay? And what we've learned over the past couple of weeks, this is Jesus describing what, a, what our relationship with him looks like. Here we go. I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, we've been memorizing verse 5, right? So let's all say verse 5 out loud together. Let's all read it out loud together. Here we go, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing." Verse six, let's keep, I'll just keep reading. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Uh, let's, let's pray before we sit down. Let's pray. 
Uh, Jesus, right now, I pray that you'd prepare our hearts. God, speak to us. Do whatever it takes to get our attention right now. God, maybe somebody came in today, and they're, they're, they're not convinced you're real. They're just kind of on the journey, figuring it out. Uh, God, I pray that you would speak to them uh, in a way that only you can. God, for the person that's hurting, broken, just looking for answers, and think you might be it, show them that you are. God, for your people today, I pray that our, our, our faith is strengthened. Uh, God, that we would see you in a really clear way. And, uh, and Jesus, at the end of it all, thank you that you're alive. Thank you that you hold us. Thank you that you're the, you're the vine and we are the branch. And our connection to you is just as strong as your grip on us. And nothing can separate us from you. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. You guys grab a seat. You know, when I was in, when I was in college, I had, an, I had an assignment in a, I had to take a world religions class in college, and uh, for one of my assignments, I had to go to a worship service of another, of another faith, uh, not another denomination or anything like that. I mean, that I, one of my assignments was I had to go to a worship service of a completely different faith than Christianity, and so I picked Islam. I wanted to go to a Muslim mosque, and so one day, uh, this was in Lexington, one day I went to, there's a mosque right on UK's campus, and I went there, and listen, I could not have stood out any more in any other environment than I did that day at a Muslim mosque prayer service. Okay, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a group of men, a group of men uh, praying, and they were worshiping Allah, and in the back was a white, nerdy dude. And, uh, and that white nerdy dude had a pen and paper and was writing a lot that down, everything. And so I just could not have stood out any, any more. Okay, but, but here's, here's what happened. So that, that service, that prayer service, I mean, they pray five times a day. And uh, so I went to, I, I, I called them and I, I asked what time one of their prayer services were and I went. And here's what happened. I didn't understand any of it. Any of it. The entire service was in Arabic. I'm from Knott County, all right? I mean, I'm from, I mean, I'm from around here. I mean, like, like, we're not throwing that, you know, I, we're not learning that, you know, where I roll, you know? Um, and so, so I, 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 could, I literally, I couldn't understand anything that was said. I didn't know what they were going to do next. There were times when they would stand. There were times when they would kneel. There were times when they would do all kinds of stuff. And I just stood there in the back thinking, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know if I stand. I don't know if I sit. I'm a Christian. I don't even know if I should join. pray when you're praying. I feel dirty right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Right? When it was over, part of my assignment was I had to walk up to, to people and interview them. And so I just walked up and said, hey, what'd you do? And what did this mean? And what did that mean? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was clear to me five minutes in that that service was designed for insiders, not outsiders. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it was, it was obvious. It was obvious. The language that they were using, everybody got but the white dude in the back. The, the thing, everybody knew what they were going to do next except for me. Everybody knew what was going to happen because they were an insider. They, and, and, I, and I'm not knocking them or anything like that, but they were not thinking, you know what? What if somebody who had never encountered Islam before comes here? And you know what? The same thing can happen in church, can it? The same thing can happen in church where, where if we're not careful, if you're not an insider, you don't know what's happening, right? Because we have our own language, we have our own things that we do. I mean, we just stood up for 30 minutes and sang to someone who we can't see, right? Some of you are like, we did, didn't we? Oh my gosh, I didn't know, 
And that says to me that you've been here before. But if you're, not, if you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian, I don't know what got you here, you're like, we just sang for 30 minutes to a dude I can't see. Right? See, when we're not careful, if we're not careful, this whole thing, we can make this insider focused and not think about the outsider. Not think about somebody that might be seeking God. Not think about somebody, hey, what about the person that comes and they are far from God, but they need Jesus? What about that person when they come into Summit Community Church or any church? What about them? Well, here's what I want to do today. Today we are wrapping up our series, Rooted, and I just want you to get one simple but profound principle that I'm convinced could radically change your life, and here it is. If you are connected to Jesus, you will love what Jesus loves, and Jesus loves people. That's the sermon. We can go home, right? If you're connected to Jesus, you'll love what Jesus loves, and Jesus loves people. The stronger your connection to Jesus, the more you are aware of his presence in your life. You'll be passionate for what he's passionate about. You'll love what he loves. Jesus, in verse in 15, 1 through 11, that we just read, he uses the word abide eight times. Abide. Be, be more aware of my presence. Put me at the center of your life. Have a really close walk with me. That's what it means to abide. What we've been learning for six weeks is how to do that. How can I be more aware of Jesus? We've talked about prayer. We've talked about bearing fruit. We've talked about how God prunes us and he can use trials and pain to make us more like Jesus. We've talked about sowing today who you want to be tomorrow. Well, listen, listen. If you and I want to be more aware of Jesus in our lives, then what we need to do is we need to join Jesus in what he's doing right now. See, because the more we're aware of him, the, the, the more our connection to him grows, we will love what Jesus loves, and Jesus loves people. See, when you read the story of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when you read the life of Jesus in the four Gospels, Jesus has a laser-like focus on people who need him. Jesus has a laser-like focus on people who were far from him. So in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, in Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus gives us his mission statement for why he came, and it just simply says this, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the what? The lost. Have you ever been lost? I, I mean, I've been lost. I mean, it's, it's harder to do now, isn't it? I mean, with Google Maps and all that, all, all that stuff on your phone, and maybe it's built into your uh, dashboard or whatever. But, but have you ever been lost? Man, I've been lost. You know what it's like to be driving and, and, and you're lost, right? All of a sudden, tension builds in the car. You get a knot in the pit of your stomach. Your kids are in the back. Mom, Dad, are we lost? And you lie to them. No, son, I know exactly where I'm at. At least that's what I do. I don't know about you, right? The whole time you're thinking, we're never going home again. We're going to die right here, right? Jesus doesn't mean that kind of lost. Jesus means spiritually lost. Say, so what's that? What's, what's it mean to be spiritually lost? Again, see, if we're not careful, that's an insider thing. Maybe, I, maybe you don't know what it means to be spiritually lost. Hey, maybe you grew up in church and you're like, I don't even know if I know what it means to be spiritually lost. Well, here's what it means to be spiritually lost. See, you and I were made by God to have a relationship with God. That's where you'll find hope. That's where you'll find peace and purpose for your life is in a relationship with your creator, our God. But the problem is that sin separates us from God. Sin has separated all of us from God. And what that's led to is that you and I are born separated from God, spiritually lost. 
I mean, I mean, if you're out somewhere, if you're out somewhere, you know, par- parents, if you're out somewhere and your kid all of a sudden you turn around, they're not there, they think or you're thinking, oh my gosh, they're what? They're lost. Why? Because they're separated from you. That's what it means to be separated from God. We are spiritually lost. And maybe you hear that and you say, well, you know what, Mark? I don't really see it that way. I think that all roads lead to the same place. I mean, you might call it Jesus, but you know what? Other people call him Allah. Some people call him Buddha. I just think that all roads lead to the same place. We're, we're all worshiping the same thing. And listen, if you believe that, I want you to know that I'm really glad you're here. I, I genuinely am. All right, I'm praying that you keep coming, you keep asking questions, but you need to know that Jesus never spoke that way. Jesus said that people are lost, and he came to look for them. He came to save them. See, Jesus was tailor-made to seek and to save lost people. I mean, I mean, Jesus came as a human being. Why? Because he came to look for human beings to save them. Jesus was born in the Middle East, in Jerusalem, Bethlehem. He was born in the Middle East. Jesus looked like somebody that was from that region. Jesus talked the way that people could understand. Jesus would all the time tell stories because he wanted to reach people where they were. The stories that Jesus told were not what heaven was like, and he could have told those. Jesus didn't say, hey, let me tell you what angels look like because nobody would have understood that. But instead, here's what Jesus did because Jesus came to seek and to save the lost because Jesus was the best missionary that's ever lived and will ever live. Jesus said, listen, let me tell you a story about a woman one time that lost a coin. You know why he told that? Because everybody's lost something that matters. Jesus said, let me, let me tell you something about, about fishing. Let me tell you something about agriculture because he came to reach fishermen. He came to reach farmers. Everything that Jesus did was to seek and to save the lost. I mean, Jesus positioned himself for the unconvinced. I mean, Jesus didn't position himself for the religious. Did you know that? Did you know that? I mean, the religious people in Jesus' day were the ones that put him on the cross. Jesus did not come to position himself for the religious. He came to, or or, or, let's say it this way, Jesus did not come to position himself for the insider. He came to position himself for the outsider. And see, the religious were the people that said, you know what? That Jesus guy in Matthew chapter 11, I think we might have it up on the screen. Matthew 11, here's what the religious were saying about Jesus. They would have put it on topics. They would have put it on Facebook. This is what Jesus is like. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they, the religious, say, look at him. A glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus would have heard that and said, amen, all true. I am a friend of tax collectors. I am a friend of sinners. I do hang out with people who religious people are afraid of. Why? Because I came to seek and to save the lost. And see, the church, not just Summit, but the church, the big C church, the church, if we want to be like Jesus, then we need to do what Jesus did. We need to do whatever it takes short of sin to reach people. We need to go after the least, the lost, and the lonely. See, on the opposite end of that, if we want to be totally unlike Jesus, then we just need to do the opposite of what Jesus did. We just need to be a circle of convinced people. We just need to be a clique where we all believe the same thing and the world is, the world is dying, but we are okay. And if we want to be like Jesus, church, then we need to be about what Jesus was about, seeking and saving the lost. That's why, that's why, that's why this church, that's why we do everything we do as a church. 
That's why tonight in Wattsburg, we're having our very first preview service of our Wattsburg campus. Not because we think we're the best church. Not because we're going over there because we think something's wrong with churches in Letcher County. No, but here's what we believe. We believe that it takes all kinds of different churches to reach all kinds of different people. And we think we might have a part to play over there. So we're going to go over there tonight and we're going to have a service. And we are praying that people are saved. That's why we are starting new churches. That's why we do what we do here. That's why we do the music that we do. That's why you, listen, that's why you can come here and wear whatever you want. That's why you can come here. As long as it's covered up, bro, I don't care. I don't care. Just cover it up, dude. Right? If you want to rock a suit, man, rock that suit. You know? I I invited somebody this past week to our Easter service, and they said, all I've got to wear is shirts and, is is T-shirt and jeans. I said, well, that's awesome. Come in your T-shirt and jeans. Said that, I said, I'm going to come too. I didn't tell them I'm the preacher. If they come, they're going to freak out. I said, this is what I wear to that church too. <laughs> right here, that's t-shirts and jeans. It'd be weird if they come and that, that dude invited me. So <laughs> right? That's why we do kids the way that we do. That's why we do the music that we do. That's why we use the lighting that we do. That's why we do students the way we do. That's why we do the egg hunt. That's why we do things like the Walking Dead event. Here's why. Because people matter. And we don't believe that you should put up any unnecessary barrier that could get in somebody's way of meeting God. Right? That's why this church, listen to me, people matter here. So so I want to say this, I just want to be real clear. All people are invited to this church. All people. Well, Mark, you mean all? I mean all people. All people. All people are invited to this church. All people are. All people are invited. I don't care what you did last night, you're invited. I don't care what you did on spring break, you're invited. I don't care what you did 20 years ago, you're invited. All people matter to God. All people should matter to us, right? So all people are welcome here. And listen, listen, listen. Some of you are like, well, what about sin, Brother Mark? Calm down. Because see, all people are welcome here. It's okay, to, it's okay to not be okay here, but it's not okay to stay that way. Because not only do we believe that people matter, we believe that change is possible for all people. See, the mission statement of our church is transformed people, not people who have it all together, not people who have all the answers, but the one thing that we all have in common is that Jesus Christ has transformed our lives, Period. Transform people, transforming the world. And see, watch this. When Jesus transforms our lives, then we get the opportunity to join him in what he's doing. What's he doing? He is seeking and saving the lost. See, when I look at Jesus' mission statement in Luke 19.10, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Here's one thing I know. One thing I know is that I was one of those lost people. In April 1996, when I was 18 years old, Jesus sought me and found me and saved me. I was one of those lost people. And listen, Christian, you were too. Here's all I want to do today. If you're a follower of Jesus today, I want to remind you of three things that Jesus did to get you here. I want to remind you today of three things that Jesus did to get you where you are right now, setting, having a relationship with him. If you're not a Christian, I want you to know three things about God today. Okay? Three things. I want to remind you of three things that Jesus did to get you here. Three things that are true about Jesus that he did to get you here. Three things that are true about God right now if you're not a Christian so that you can start a relationship with him today. First thing that's true, first thing you need to know, first thing I wanna remind our church today is that you were loved. You were loved. 
You were loved by God before you loved God. Before you talked to God, before you thought of God, before you had any idea of God, you had God's attention. Did you know that? You were loved by God. If you love God now, it's because God loves you first. I love what 1 John chapter 4, 19 says. It just simply says this. We love because he first what? He, he loved us first. See, we don't think the love of God works that way, do we? We think that the love of God works, oh, I've got to get things figured out for God to love me. Oh, I've got to go to church a while for God to love me. Oh, I've got to clean up a little bit for God to love me. No, God loves you, Period. See, here's something you got to understand. This is an amazing truth, but this is true about our God. God, before you were even thought of, before you were born, God knew everything you would ever do. God knew every decision you would ever make. God knew that thing that you did and you hope nobody knows. He knows. And he loves you anyway. Listen, listen, listen. God loves you so much, he sent Jesus for you, and you never asked him to. 2,000 years ago, God says, you know what? They're, they're going to be born one day, and they're going to need to be rescued. I'm going to send my son on a rescue mission. So God loved you first. You are loved by God. Listen, you're here today, and you're not a Christian. Did you know that God loves you? Did you know that you are loved by God right now? See, not only were you loved Second thing I want to remind you of, you were pursued. You were pursued by God. And don't let that freak you out. Pursued, does that mean God's stalking me? No, it's not what it means. But here's what it means. When you were running from God, God was running after you. When you were trying to get away from God, God was coming after you. Not to capture you or to show you that he's, he's right and you're wrong, but God was pursuing you because he loved you. I love what Psalm 139 says. It says this, Psalm 139 in verses 13, 15, and 16. You formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Watch this. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. This is big, watch this. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. God knit you together. God wrote your life down, planned everything out before you even made one single decision. And the entire theme of it all is that you were loved by God and God is pursuing you. There used to be this, uh, this was a couple years ago. There used to be this horrible worship song that churches sang. It's one of the worst songs ever. And they played it all the time on Christian radio. It's called I Found Jesus. You ever heard that song? They played it all the time on Christian radio. Not every song on Christian radio is a good song, okay? That's another sermon for another day, all right? But just because it says Jesus all the time don't mean it's good, y'all. Some of y'all are like, I don't know if that's right. Sugarfoot, it is. It's right. It's real right. Golly. There was this song, and churches sang it all the time. It was all over the radio. I found Jesus. They'd sing it. I found Jesus. That's why I'm not in the band. Um, But I found Jesus as if he's hiding under a rock. Here he is. I found him. Found Jesus. No, listen, listen, listen. You did, not found, you did not find Jesus. Jesus found you. Jesus found you. He is not hiding. He is the Lord of the universe. You're breathing because he's letting you. He found you. Listen, not only did he pursue you to save you. Listen, if you're a Christian, he's pursuing you right now. 
Every time the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, he's not doing that to get you trapped or to make you feel like dirt. He is doing that to pursue you. He wants you to trust him more, to love him more. He is pursuing more of your heart. Listen, if there's something in your life right now and you're sitting there and you're thinking, I hope nobody knows. I gotta hide. I gotta lie. I gotta cover this up. Nobody can know. Listen, God knows. And if God keeps bringing it to your mind, it's not to trap you. It's to set you free. He is pursuing you. There's somebody in the room today, you're not a Christian, and all of a sudden you're, you're thinking, man, what's going on inside of me? I'm tracking with this sermon. I feel like I need God. I don't even know why I'm here today, but I just feel like I needed to be here. God's pursuing you. God brought you to this church. God got you up. God put you in the car. You're the reason that you're the reason that God is the reason rather that you're in that seat. He is pursuing you today. Don't run from him. Put your hands up and just surrender. That's what you need to do today. See, you were loved by God. You were loved. You were pursued. Last thing I want to remind our church of, you were rescued. You were rescued. If you're a Christian, wake up. Look at me. If you're a Christian, listen to me. When you gave your life to Jesus, when you gave your life to Jesus, you did not become religious. You did not become spiritual. You did not look at your life and say, man, I'd like to clean some things up. I think I need God. That did not happen. You were not a good person who wanted to be better, so you threw God into the mix. You did not try to clean yourself off, and you knew that God might help make that happen. You did not simply add God to your life. If you are a Christian, here's what happened. God himself stepped out of heaven in the person of Jesus, took the hell that you and I deserved, reached down, and you were rescued by God. That's what happened. That's what happened. God rescued you. God rescued you. You were dying. You were drowning. You were fading out. And God reached down and said, not on my watch. And you were rescued. And when you're rescued, you get the opportunity to join Jesus in his mission of rescuing other people. I love John 20, 21. It says this. Jesus said to them, peace be with you as the Father sent me, even so I'm sending who? And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and this whole section, and you, and everybody right over there, even you guys, everybody, me, you. I'm sending you. Sending you to do what? Seek and save the lost. To tell people about how you got rescued. To tell people that God loves them. To tell people that God is pursuing them. I am sending you. Here's my question. Why wouldn't we do this? Why wouldn't we do this? Why wouldn't we say, yeah, yeah, God rescued me. I want to be a part of rescuing other people. Why wouldn't we do this? I I can only think of three reasons. First reason is you don't think hell's real. First reason is you don't think hell's real. Well, I believe that when people die, I think everybody goes to heaven. I don't think hell's real. No, 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 sugar-footed, don't work that way. Here's the thing. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is true. 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 I find it very convenient that people say hell isn't real, but heaven is real. And here's the problem. The problem is that you've learned about both of those places in the same book, the Bible. Now, you can't pick and choose what you like and leave out what you don't like. Because listen, listen, I do wish that everybody died and went to heaven. I do, man. I don't read the Bible and read about hell and say, I love this part. This is amazing. No, I hate it. You should too. God hates it. I don't believe that hell's real. Listen, you can't have heaven and not hell. You just can't. 
You just can't. For second, second reason why, oh, well, I, second reason why I can figure out why we wouldn't do this, and I think this is worse than the first one. You don't care. Oh, my family's saved, everybody that I know saved. I don't really care about anybody else. Listen, if that's you today, if that's you today, you need to check your connection to Jesus. Here's one, I'm scared. That's legit, that's legit, I'll give you that one. I'm scared, I'm scared. Let me ask you a question. How many of you were invited, somebody invited you to church and God eventually used that to save you? You were invited and then eventually you got saved. Raise your hand, somebody invited you. Raise your hand right now. Look at that, raise your hand real high. Okay, put them up, put them up. Look at that. hands going up all over the room. Now, put your hands down. How many of you think that person was scared to invite you? Raise your hand. All kinds of hands are going up. Put your hands down. How many of you are glad they did it anyway? Raise your hand. Look at that. How many of you, put your hands down. How many of you, somebody shared their faith with you, maybe shared their, their, their testimony or whatever? How many of you, share, somebody shared their faith with you, their testimony, and eventually God used that person to lead you to Jesus or just that, that conversation to, to lead you to Jesus? Anybody that ever happened to anybody? Raise your hand. Look at all these hands going up. Somebody shared Jesus with you and you got saved right then. How many people, put your hands down. How many people think that person was scared? Put your hand up. Think they were scared? Yeah, look at that. Put them down. How many of you are glad they did it anyway? See, here's what I know. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. I know that God, for the majority of people in here, God used somebody in your life to get you to where you are. What if you could be somebody's somebody? What if you could be somebody's somebody? What if you could be somebody's somebody? I mean, here's a question that just burns in my heart. I heard somebody ask this one time, and I can't forget it. How much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them how to be rescued? How much do you have to hate someone to not tell them how to be rescued by Jesus for all of eternity? How much? Well, I don't hate them. Well, listen, listen. How much do we have to be so consumed with ourselves? What if I say the wrong thing? The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. Well, I'm scared. Listen, step over your fear and do it anyway. Listen, so many things that we think are excuses that are good, good excuses, they're not good excuses, church. In fact, I want to put this down. I don't know if there is a good excuse for not saying, Jesus, use me to rescue people. Now, we're all going to do it in our own different way. We're all going to do it in our own different way. Everybody shouldn't be a preacher. You shouldn't get on the intercom tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to hell. Everybody's going to hell. Meet me in the gym if you don't want to go to hell. You should not do that tomorrow. If you do that tomorrow, then lie and say, yeah, I don't go to Summit. I don't go to Summit. I don't, I don't go to Summit. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, do your job well, be nice, don't be a jerk, don't be weird. Please don't be weird. Um, and love people like Jesus did and watch God use you. But listen, 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 make no mistake about it. We've all been sent to rescue people. And this week, this week, this week you've got an opportunity to be a part of it. Because what is next Sunday? Easter. Easter. It's Easter. Look at somebody next to you and say, it's Easter. Hey, did you know that eight out of 10 people will say yes to coming to church on Easter Sunday? You can invite somebody to church today, they wouldn't come, but next Sunday they'll come. Because why? It's Easter. What do you do on Easter? You eat peeps and go to church. That's what you do. You eat peeps and you go to church, right? Now here's the deal, here's the deal. And we've talked this way at Summit before and we'll always talk this way because here's why, here's why. This is your opportunity 
God is giving us this. We still live in, I don't, yes, the culture is running away from God, but you know what? In the culture, in the culture that we live in, in Eastern Kentucky, the majority of people, the vast majority of people still think Easter church. They still, they still do. Not true in all of America, but it's true right here. So God, I believe, gives us a week. Actually, we get two. This one in Christmas. God gives us two weeks every year where you and I can go out and, and be somebody's somebody. If you have never invited somebody to church, do it this week. If you have never told somebody your story about what God's done in your life, what if you tried to do it this week? See, all we've done for the past six weeks is we've talked about building a greater awareness of God in our life, uh, building a deeper awareness of our connection to Jesus. You want a deeper connection of, uh, you want a deeper awareness of your connection to Jesus? Then do what Jesus did, seek and save the lost. You want to be more aware of the Holy Spirit in your life? Listen, the Holy Spirit wasn't given to us so that he can give us a peaceful, easy feeling. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says that the Holy Spirit is given to us to give us power to be witnesses. If you want to encounter the Holy Spirit in your life, then join him in what he's doing, seeking and saving the lost. Say, Mark, I'm scared to do this. Well, let's all do it together right now. If you've got your phone, go ahead and pull out your phone. Go ahead and pull it out. I'm giving you permission to use your phone in church really quick before we go. So go ahead and pull out your phone if you want to. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. All right, but go ahead and pull out your phone because here's what happened. Just a few minutes ago on Summit's Facebook page, on mine, on Summit's Twitter page, mine, Instagram, everything, we put out an invite to next Sunday's Easter service. And all you need to do is retweet it, share it. You might want to tag a couple of friends. You might want to download that picture, send it to people. We've tried to make this as easy as possible. Here's why. Look around. Every empty seat represents somebody that could be here next week and that person might get saved. Right? 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 That's better. See, church is not a holy huddle where a group of people that have it all together sit while the world burns. Church, church is a group of people who have been rescued by God and then have been sent out on that exact same rescue mission. See, if you are a Jesus follower, you are loved, you are pursued, and you have been rescued. If you're not a Christian today, right now, you are loved by God. And God is pursuing you, not to trap you, but to give you life. And today, he wants to rescue you. But I believe that this week, if we will let God use us, somebody in this church, and it might not be this week. Maybe you invite somebody and they don't come. Maybe you're praying for that person and they're not gonna get saved in the next seven days. But if you keep praying and you keep seeking and you keep inviting, you keep sharing your faith, you keep letting Jesus work through your life, I believe that there are some people in this church and you could be somebody's somebody. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's pray. God, what we've done today is we've just been reminded all these weeks have come to, to this point. We're connected to you, Jesus. You're holding us. You're keeping us. You'll never lose any of your people. And if we are connected to you, then we will love what you love, and you love people. Jesus, you did whatever it took to rescue us. God, we thank you that you loved us first, that you have pursued and you keep pursuing us, and you've rescued us. We are a rescued people.
So God, I pray that you would use us. Let us be somebody, somebody. School, work, at home. Break our heart for what breaks yours, people. And let us be somebody's somebody. Maybe this week, but maybe next month. Maybe later this year, maybe five years from now. But God, I pray that we would be willing to be that somebody. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. How many of you just by raising your hand say, say, Mark, there is somebody that I'm praying will come to church with me next week. Would you just raise your hand for that person right now? I'm praying for some people to come next week. Hands are going up all over. Just put your hand up for them right now. Put your hand up. Keep it there. Right up. Hold it up real high. Let me see it. There we go. There we go. Hands are going up all over the room. Hey, would you put your hands down? Just begin to pray for that person right now. Pray that they'd be receptive. Pray that they'd be willing to come. How many of you would say, Mark, there is somebody in my life that I love that needs Jesus, and I am praying that they would be saved? Raise your hand for them right now. They're lost. They need Jesus. I'm praying for them. Raise your hand for them right now. Just put your hand up real high. Hands are going up all over the room. Thank God that hands are going up all over the room. Would you put your hand down? And I want you to pray for that person right now. I want you to see them right now. Not for dramatic effect or anything like that. But it's because that is a person made by God that God loves and they need to be rescued. And you raised your hand for them. So why don't you just ask God, God, would you let me be that somebody, somebody? Would you let me be that somebody, somebody this way? Would you let me be that somebody's somebody? And maybe you're here today and you are not a Christian. I want you to know today that you are loved by God. It's no accident that you came to this church today. God loves you. And he's pursuing you right now. He wants to save you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to rescue you today. And listen, maybe you've tried to fix your life. It's never worked. Maybe you've got everything that people think that you ever ought to have and you still feel empty. I want you to know that what you need is God. And right now, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to pray and to give your life to Jesus. And if today you wanna be saved, and be rescued by God, just pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. I surrender to you. I want to be rescued. Save me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming back from the dead for me, Jesus. My life is yours from this moment forward. In your name. Amen. No one is looking around. No heads are up. Nobody's trying to see what's going on. Nobody's moving. But did you just pray that prayer? Because if you just prayed that prayer, then you were just rescued by God. You just gave your life to Jesus. Said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord. I want to live for you. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, if you ask Jesus to save you today, would you just raise your hand so that I can celebrate with you today and pray for you today? If you got saved today, you asked Jesus to do that in your life. Just raise your hand as soon as I say three. One, two, three. Just raise your hand right now. Said, Today's the day I want to be rescued by God. Raise your hand up really high. Let me see it. God bless you. There's a hand right there. Anyone else? Anyone else? Say, today's the day I want to be rescued. Today's the day I ask God to save me. Anyone else? Go ahead and put your hands down. Go ahead and put your hands down. Summit, let's, I want you, I want you to clap. I want you to give love to these people that have made decisions today. 
Here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to look at me. We're about to pray to dismiss, but you still got your connection card. And here's what I want you to do. If you would, I would love for you to take that connection card. And on the back of that card, we always give you an opportunity to write down any decision that you've made, anything that God's done in your life. Would you just take that card right now? And listen, if you raised your hand to say, I gave my life to Jesus today, don't leave today until you tell somebody about it. And all you need to do is on the back of that card, there's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Check that box, okay? Check that box. Check that box. And out there at the welcome table to the right, we've got a free Bible and a book for you called Seek First. We'd love to give it to you, but make sure you check that box. Maybe you're here today and you need to be baptized. Let us know on the back of that card. Maybe God's done something in your life today. Hey, here's something. If you raised your hand, you're praying for somebody that needs Jesus, I would love for you to write their name on that card and you give it to us on the way out so that this week we can pray for them because we will pray for them. We pray for your prayer requests and I would love to pray for them by name this week. Let's all stand for dismissal. Let's all stand. Guys, before we let you go, Love for you to pray for Whitesburg tonight. Several of you have asked, what can we do for Whitesburg? If you want to be here today at 2 o'clock, we're going to load up a lot of equipment. We've got to take a lot of things over there to Whitesburg. If you want to be here to help, be here at 2. Service starts tonight at 6. If you just pause at 6 tonight and pray, man, that would be awesome. All right, let me pray for us. Father, we just thank you that Jesus is a rescuer. We thank you that, God, you love people who do not have it all together, that have questions. God, you pursue us. You put us back together. And, God, then you send us out to be somebody, somebody. So God, as we leave, we're sent. The church is leaving the building. We are sent this week to be somebody, somebody. We don't know who it is, but you do. And use us in that way. Jesus, we love you. In your name, amen. Don't forget, I'd love to get your connection cards on your way out, especially any decisions you made. Guys, you are dismissed. Bring friends, bring family members, bring people. Easter next week, 11 o'clock.